Howdy meeps, and welcome to the Meeple Syrup Show. Hey, welcome everyone. We're here with Meeple Syrup and Matt Holden from the Indie Game Alliance. Uh, we have a great show lined up for you today. We're going to learn all about the IGA and what it can do for you as an independent game publisher, maybe as a designer. So let's just get right down to it. Um, Erica, you've got the first question. Well, I would love Matt to first introduce himself. No, then... we don't need that. I'm kidding. Go ahead. And then we really do want to hear where this came from because this is this is quite the organization. So I know there's a lot of steps to get to it, and I think it'd be great to kind of hear about that 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 journey to where they are now. So Matt, we'd love you to introduce yourself. So uh, as uh, Sen said, my name is Matt Holden. Uh, my wife Victoria and I run IGA. Uh, we started it uh, five years ago. Next month, and uh, we've this is definitely a labor of love for us. It's something that uh, you know, I, I've long had a tremendous respect for folks that that create and and that as somebody who's who's been a creative person in my life myself, it's often really frustrating when it's like I have this this thing that I'm made and and I don't know what to do with it. I don't know how to market it. I don't know how to sell it and or, or whatever else. And that's kind of a background that I come from. Um, I have year, uh, a couple years experience running marketing organizations, also manufacturing organizations, and then I have a degree in game design. Um, so I kind of felt like I sort of had a unique opportunity to, to put this together and bring you know, various things that I've picked up over the years to, to try to help. Um, you know, it's something that you, nobody really, nobody knows at all. Um, but uh, I, I try to, to listen a lot and, you know, keep track of what goes well and doesn't and uh, kind of go from there. Very cool. Very cool. So do you want to explain a bit more about, I guess, you know what, why don't you tell us the story of how everything started then? I mean, sure. it, it, you know, we, we know you and your wife are, are running it. So let's hear, you know, what were the stepping stones to get to where you guys are? After I graduated from Full Sail, I had a degree in video game design. I had some personal stuff that kept me from leaving the state of Florida. And to my shock, there were no game jobs to be found in Florida. And so wanting to get involved with tabletop gaming in some sort of way, I, my, uh, my sort of, you know, tabletop rebirth, as it were, in Full Sail, we had a class called Rules of the Game that was taught by uh, the co-creator of D&D, Dave Arneson. And he taught us a variety of modern tabletop games, which in 2003 was stuff like Settlers of Catan and Munchkin. But it, that was kind of the, the, aha, there's other games than Monopoly thing for me. And I was looking for an opportunity to get involved in gaming without uh, without being able to get into the video gaming industry very well. Uh, I have absolutely no art skill, so making a video game on my own was out of the question. So I started doing demos for Steve Jackson for Munchkin because I knew it from Dave's class. And I'd done that for maybe about six months or so. And I found that uh, there, I wanted to modernize a lot of things. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, I had all these great ideas and, you know, they've been doing this for 30 years and they were like, you know, slow your roll a little bit. And, uh, you know, and then to their, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, their organization and they do it their way. But I was thinking, you know, I had spent all this time putting together this plan of all these things and I kind of felt like it was a shame for it to go to waste. So I, uh, I reached out to, uh, to Brotherwise Games, the folks that do uh, Boss Monster. And I said, uh, I'd like to join your demo program. And they said, we don't have one. And I said, okay, well then I'd like to start your demo program. So I was an employee of Brotherwise for, I think, four days. And uh, I put this whole pitch together and it came down to, well, what are you going to do about rewards? Because if I'm a volunteer, I can go run Boss Monster a thousand times. And what am I going to earn except more copies of Boss Monster? Because it was the only game they had at the time. So they said, well, what if you got like three or four companies together and, uh, and, and you know, you can demo from A to earn B and vice versa. I said that would be a fantastic idea. Uh, they thought if we could get to 20 companies, we would be successful. We are currently at 1,152. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's a so, lot of organization. <laughs> so we did it. <laughs> when we launched, our goal was to have five uh, five members by Gen Con. We launched in April. We went to Gen Con with 63 and signed another 14 at the show. <laughs> Basically chased the baby carriage down the mountain for two years until we caught up with the growth and got a handle on things. And uh, we're now 
you know, it, it, nothing ever grows as fast as you want it to. But we're, uh, you know, we're uh, we're controlling the pace now and uh, doing things in a in a sustainable way. You know, I sleep once in a while now. That's pretty cool. So yeah, and. You know, like I said, coming up on five years next month, uh, time flies when you're having fun. Well, it's amazing to think because I, I mean, a lot of people get their convention starts. They want to they want to be part of a demo team or, you know, work a booth sort of thing. And so it's <coughs> amazing to think to go from I'm going to work a booth to I'm going to organize all these people who run <laughs> who organize like, you know, actually run games at booths. And on top of it, I'm going to have an entire reward system that goes on in the background for their volunteer efforts. And, and that's that's where we started was we were just trying to be a demo team. And then over time, you know, I, I started to ask the members, you know, what are some of the other pain points you have about being an indie designer? And because I'm also I have a pretty uh, extensive background in software development, I then started saying, OK, well, maybe we can build some tools that will solve some of these problems. And so little by little, we started adding things like, you know, people said they needed a better way to to collect play up. Uh, Play, uh, play testing feedback. So I built a survey module that you can use on a mobile phone. You know, folks said they wanted, they, they were having trouble tracking down uh, freelance artists for, uh, for their projects and finding reputable folks. So I built a freelancer job board on our website with where people can go and recruit freelancers from, you know, 3D modelers and artists, graphic designers, translators, people that make Kickstarter videos, whatever you can think of. And putting together uh, like eBay style feedback where you can say, well, you know, I use this artist on my project and he, you know, did a great job. And or and this one, uh, she she really helped me out when the chips were down, got something to me in 24 hours. She's fantastic. And, you know, and and it, it helps our, our members to pick you know, freelancers that aren't going to leave them high and dry and also provide some great exposure for the freelancers too. So it sounds like you're kind of creating a bit of a community in itself. It, it's interesting. It's like you're slowly adding all these bits to make it like this one-stop shop for, for publishers. So we actually struggled with what are we for probably the first year and a half. We, ha we have this one, uh, this one minion who insists on calling us a consortium. And Nathan, if you're listening, I'm going to strangle you if you say that again at a con. <laughs> you know, we, we, we finally settled on that we're a guild, you know, in the same way as the, you know, the, the Screen Actors Guild or any of that. We're, we're a guild for, <laughs> I just saw the crawl, not a consortium. It's fantastic. We, we, we like to think of ourselves as a guild. It's a place where a, a, where a bunch of artisans, people that, that create things, come together to, to get help get services, support each other, and sort of have a, a, a tent to to be in to help kind of navigate their way through this whole process. This is really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah, it is. It's almost like, <laughs> it was funny when we were getting ready for the show, I was like, oh, I get what they do. I'm like, do I though? I feel like there's so much more going on here. Yeah, the, uh, I find that, that what's interesting is that a lot of people who talk to me about IGA have heard about one tip of the Some iceberg, it. yeah, and it's never the same tip. I can believe that. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. And I think one of the oh, things that okay, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> random, the random act of kitty. Yeah, one of the things that I'm always not necessarily confused about, but I, I think I don't think anybody except maybe you, maybe you and your wife have a clear picture of everything that IGA does. And so I bet you if somebody asked me, oh, do you know somebody did this? I could just say, oh, IGA, and I'd be right. And that's that's good and everything, but maybe also not so good because it's like it's like so nebulous. Um, so I often don't think about the IGA when I think about solutions. I, I look at very specific, you know, oh, that company does just that thing. So I need to I need to refresh myself, which is why we invited you here, bud. Well, and yeah. I appreciate that. Um, the the thing is, generally, any, anything we either do it or we can get you a discount and help you find a good a good place to go and do it. Uh, where you can, you know, where if if you if we don't do it, we'll tell you someone who will, and we'll save you money doing it. Uh, so, like for example, we don't uh, we don't do Kickstarter fulfillment because it's my wife and I, and we have a not air conditioned warehouse, and that's not how I want to spend my life. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but we're just like, hey, you know, talk to Quartermaster Logistics. They're twenty minutes down the road from us, and they do a fantastic job. And you know, we partner with them to get things done. I don't print games, but I recommend a a slew of different uh, manufacturing companies that do and we've negotiated member discounts with most of them and we often can take your existing kickstarter all the vendors you were going to use anyway and shave 
two or three thousand dollars off of your total outlay just by going to all your vendors and saying, by the way, I'm IGA pro member. Wow. Well, and, right. and for a for a first timer, that's often the difference between funding or not. Right. You know, right, it, right, it's, right, right. That could be the shipping allotment that you didn't quite calculate properly. <laughs> well, and, and well, and one of the other things we do, um, generally about a week before one of our members launches the Kickstarter, um, I'll do a 90 minute consultation with them on Skype. And I'll actually not only go through their Kickstarter page, but I'll go through their rewards. I'll look at their manufacturing quotes and I'll make sure they're not doing that kind of stuff to them and oh, say, you know, hey, you know, just as a just a heads up, you know, you're saying five dollars rest of the world shipping. Do you know that Brazil charges a ton of money for shipping and people are like, I did not know that. And, you know, I, I, I try my best to whenever one of our members sort of steps in it to, to ask them, you know, what went wrong and, and sort of file that away. And then I allow through those consultation sessions for all of our members to learn from that mistake and make sure that they don't repeat it. And I'm hoping that the day will come if it hasn't already, where, where a first time back uh, first time Kickstarter uh, creator saying that they're a member of IGA will actually help give the backer confidence that, you know, yeah, this person hasn't been through this before, but they've got somebody in their corner that's going to keep them from going astray that, you know, and that's, that's not to say that things don't still happen, but you know, that what we do, we, we catch the basic stuff. You know the the oops. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so let's let's do it this way because I think we're talking around a lot of things. Let's say that I am a a person either looking to self publish or I'm an indie publisher. Maybe I've only done it like once myself. I'm coming to you, right? How would you essentially approach me? Like, what what would you then offer? kind of like to help me out as I'm going ahead. Like, I think you kind of touched on some of it, but almost imagine like you're about to sell me on a package and then I'm like, okay, I get what you do. Okay. So um, it, it, I think it would depend on where in the process you were. So one of the, one of the first things that I would say is, is tell me where you're at in the process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times what I'll hear is, well, we have two games that we already kickstarted that funded and now I've got 400 copies of them sitting in my garage. I don't know what to do with. And uh, then we have a third design that we want to go to Kickstarter in six months, we're working on the art. So what I would then do is say, okay, well, the first thing we're going to do is uh, let's help you move those two games you've already got made. So I would have them send us some copies, which we would put in our warehouse. And then number one, those games become available when we go to conventions. Uh, we get vendor booths at as many shows as we can. And because we have 850 some volunteers around the country and around the world, we can be at a lot of shows where people can't, you know, we've got folks that are like, I'm an English teacher and I can't get off, but their games are still selling at Essen. Can you prioritize? You know? Like if, if I came to you and I was like, I need to move this game. Can you actually prioritize playing it in any way? Like just set a yeah. curiosity? You can, um, you know, we, we generally don't need to because uh, when new stuff comes into our, uh, comes into our system, our volunteers just pounce on it. They're super they excited. Okay. Um, but if you if you really want to push something, so like for example, uh, Feudum that just uh, wrapped up uh, an expansion Kickstarter the other day, they uh, they did what we call a boost. What that does when our when our volunteers uh, go demo a game, they earn uh, what we call loot points that they spend on our store to get more games. Um, so if you're listening and you're you're somebody that you know you're a college student and you're broke or you're uh, you know a middle-aged guy and you buy a lot of games and so you're broke. The our volunteer program is a fantastic way to earn games. We've got um we've got people that earn 2 300 dollars a month worth of free game. And you go on our store, you spend those points just like they're an Amazon gift card and we ship the games to you. And then if the a game is on a boost like what Feudum did uh, to support their Kickstarter, Anytime you spend demoing their game, you get double the loot points for it. So so for Feudum, if you run a 60-minute game of Feudum, you were getting $8 worth of credit for doing that. So we had folks that would get three games going all next to each other and, you know, nice you know and exactly. And that's, and that's fine. You know, as long as you're exposing new folks to, uh, you know, as long as you're exposing new folks to the game, you can demo in any public place. You know, we have folks that do it, churches, schools, uh, game stores, cons, of course. Uh, one guy that demos at a Panera Bread every Thursday, 
But you know, it's, hey, you know, you go where the people are. Just so you know, if you're in St. Louis, there are no Panera breads, but there are St. Louis bread companies. St. Louis bread. Same, exa same exact logo because it's the same exact company. It's the same thing. So what probably happened is uh, it's it's like uh, the the fast food joint Checkers down is uh, called Checkers here. They're based here, and they're called Rallies in some states because some. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, they are. You're right. Because and it's because uh, there's another company called Rallies that has a trademark, but they bought it only in certain states. So, and uh, Panera, probably the same thing. Somebody had the Panera trademark, like in Missouri or. Uh, no, that's where they started. And so there, there is a big story about it. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. I think, that, but no, what it is is that they thought nobody would eat something called St. Louis Bread Company outside of St. Louis. And so they at, at least yeah. unless the loaf is shaped like a big arch, you know, then then maybe you could get away with it. <laughs> it's, it's just a baguette that somebody sat on and it's bent. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so rallies and, and Panera bread aside, um, that sounds like a really good demoing program. Only be most I mean, because you have access to so many more things than just one publisher's catalog right and that's really that's really good do you have minions all over the world or is it just america right now we are active on every continent except antarctica wow I, yeah i want to hear more about how this gets organized so okay let's say there's a con i don't know you you pick a place how, how does this how does this come about how do you say how do you get all those people how do you get the games how do you get everything to that location well if it's in the united states it's me my wife and a u-haul Oh. Um, and, and for those of you keeping track at home, that's awful when you live in Central Florida, because it's a 24-hour drive to everywhere. <laughs> you, you guys personally will drive it anywhere in the U.S. How many yep. cons do you go to? I personally, my wife and I do uh, probably about 20 a year, and then our team all together, at least 100. Okay, yeah, now we need to hear more about this now. <laughs> That's a lot of things to do at once. Yeah, we, at one point we had, uh, two years ago on Memorial Day, we had four different teams at a 50,000 plus person show on the same weekend. So because there's just that much demand. Yeah, because well, we had, it was like Dragon Con, PAX Prime, I think, some big show in, uh, in Texas, I think. And uh, a show in New York. We're all going off the same weekend. Right. Um, yes. That is a big. That is a giant weekend. And, and so we had we had a te we had like a six person team at each of those four locations. And I'm like standing in the back of a Dragon Con booth with my finger in one ear on the phone, going, "Okay, you guys, you're filing your demos. You're keeping track of this." <laughs> so do you have like somebody that you sort of have as your like local manager or organizer when you're not there. You, are you talking about at the like at the convention site? Yeah, at the conventions. Is that what eventually happens? Is uh, so we'll get into how you're maybe a bit more about your minion program. Like I, I gotta assume there's like tiers of it. Mm -hmm. So do you want to so, say a bit about being a minion? So or so, where yeah. so yeah. well it, it was originally minions because like i said we started with boss monster that would make and, sense okay and and so you know we thought you know you're the boss monster and these are his minions and uh you know it just it's sort of stuck um at oh, the yeah, time they're, they're, yeah they're, they're plus you know we, we we send people you know little minion stuff from universal studios and whatnot from time to time to mess with them it's you know it's a good time mm -hmm. but um so and it was funny, we were toying between minions and henchmen and uh, we ended up going with minions. And then uh, somebody told me like a year later that there was another major program that used minions. And, I, and they said, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's minions. And I was like, man, I should have gone with henchmen. And then I talked to the guy and I was like, so tell me about your minion program. And he's like, actually we call them henchmen. And I was like, yes. Okay, we got the other one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so, um, and then we do have uh, we do have team lead uh, that do the larger conventions. Uh, we call them mini bosses, right? And uh, so we have uh, we have active mini bosses. We have one in New York that handles pretty much everything in New England, and he'll come down as far south as like North Carolina, sometimes even into Georgia. Obviously, Victoria and I run the Southeast US team. So we'll do, uh, and we do the the biggest of the big shows. Well, you know, we're at Gen Con, we're at Origins, you know, things like that. Um, and then we have uh, a mini boss based in Southern California that handles all of that and into Vegas and Arizona. Uh, we have one in Nebraska that handles most of the Midwest. Uh, we have one in the uh, 
northern Oregon area that also goes up and hits Seattle and all that sort of stuff. We have one in London and we are in the process of onboarding one in Germany. So how did the the European side sort of like, do you guys run all that as well? Like, uh, do you go to all these things in Europe as well? I, I wish. Um, I there, there was one year where I was all set that I was going to go to Essen. I had the time booked off and everything else like that. And then my wife was like, you know, I think I'd rather go to Disney World for our honeymoon. <laughs> Missed it by that much. But um, but it's all right. Uh, Mickey, Mickey gave us a good time. But uh, we... we <laughs> You know, it, it is definitely on my bucket list to go, but I have I have sent others in our stead um, because it's a heck of a lot easier to say, you know, hey, people in Germany who are already in Germany that already have stock in Germany, you know, go to Germany than it is to, you know, you can't drive a U-Haul there last I checked. So they don't make them with pontoons. Right, so. Right, right. <laughs> You know that that's definitely uh, you know the inter the international shows are a little bit of a challenge and something we're still working on getting better at. You know, obviously the it, everything's easier when you can put your hands on it and do it yourself. Um, but we have an absolutely fantastic team, people that just give so generously of their time, of their energy uh, to to do this, and we could not do what we do without them and they they realize that we are uh you know we still very much are a startup uh you know it's still like i said my wife and i running the show and you know they're they're very patient with us uh when we need you know when when things are are hectic um they're they're just they're just good folks and uh we really love working with them all and the same can be said of our members too well so how does someone become let's talk about how someone becomes a minion and then kind of like how someone becomes a member and get a bit of better sense of that so um I want to be a minion. What do I do? Uh, you go to IndieGameAlliance.com slash join, and there's a button there that says, I want to demo games. And it asks you a couple of questions, the most complicated one being your mailing address. And uh, it, it, we have a really cool feature on there where uh, if you track your game collection on BoardGameGeek, um, you can actually put in your BGG username. And uh, when you click the button, it will actually take... Uh, so the the... The Avid Gamer is the one you want. It's the second one down on the left, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, sorry, it's really small now. <laughs> but um, you can you can put in your uh, BGG username, and it will scan your collection and compare it against our database and tell you these are all the games you own right now today that are IGA demo eligible. Wow. So, are they uh, then experts on those games, or are they allowed to choose, or how does that work? No, they, they can choose any game in the IGA catalog, uh, whether they got it from us, whether uh, they already owned a copy. And that's great because, you know, that way we don't really have to, like, seed people with games to get them started. Because chances are, if you love gaming enough that you want to demo games, you, you probably have some, you know, and we work with, you know, it's not just the itty-bitty itty companies. We work with greater than games with haba with uh level 99 brotherwise i said portal games is a member uh um mayday games is a member level 99 uh haba usa is a member uh daily magic is a member blue orange games is a member eagle griffin roxley uh, we actually just uh, about two months ago took over roxley's organized play program for them for dice throne okay oh, uh, yeah we're, we're doing a whole custom uh, op program for them and that's something that we're expanding into uh, later this year to offer kind of roxley's kind of uh, agreed to be the, uh, the 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 beta tester for uh, for that word yeah the guinea pig so you guys but, are going to do organized play systems. That's really mm -hmm. interesting. Really, really interesting. And uh, I'm actually going to announce uh, for the first time on your show that uh, we, and this is uh, this is not the thing I teased earlier. This is another, oh. another thing. We'll, um, we'll have to tell them what the team Yeah, we, of course. <laughs> but um, but uh, we are going to be launching probably early next year something called IGA Plays, which is going to be effectively a... Uh, an, an organized play program that is for one-off games. So we're basically, we're going to put together kind of a general bracketing system for like, uh, you know, in a four-player game, the winner gets 20 points, the second player gets 15 and so on. And so you'll be able to rise, rise in the ranks by playing a mishmash of different indie games to sort of become the, the champion of indie gaming as a whole, as opposed to just being the, you know, the guy who won the local Munchkin tournament. Okay, so this would be something that would be carried around, I guess, not 
the point score is held online. So you could be at any con and go to an IGA plays event and your score would rack up. We're actually going to do it at game stores. Um, oh, even better. So yeah. our, our, what's going to happen is our, our minions are going to go out to a game store with whatever game they want. That's part of the, you know, we're going to have to put together a sanctioned list and I'm not really in any position to discuss the details of it sure. yet. Cause frankly, I haven't come up with them all yet, <laughs> but what we're going to be doing is, um, you know, minion goes to, and I'll just look and pick something at random off my shelf here. Let's uh, let's, we were picking on Feudum earlier. Let's say Feudum. So, uh, a minion happens to have a copy of Feudum in his demo or her demo collection. Uh, she goes out and runs uh, Feudum as part of the OP program. Any player who wants to be a part of our program will go on the website igaplays.com and create an account. We'll probably make an app or something for it. And uh, then the the minion will have software to track, okay, we ran Feudum, we had four players in it, and user, you know, Ninja Squirrel came in first, and user, you know, Taco Rabbit came in second, and so on. And they'll rack up these points, and over the course of couple of months, we will have some sort of a champion of mm -hmm. who's earned the most points at their local store. Okay. The people at the local store will get invited to a regional convention event, maybe at, you know, like Dragon Con and BGG and various distributed shows around around the country and potentially around the world. And then we'll do a grand championships uh, over the course of the four days at Gen Con. Wow, and that is so that's if impressive. They, if they win this, did they, what? sorry, what, the, what did they get to exchange the points for at the end? Uh, they well no they they won't exchange the points they'll they'll be some sort of prize pack that I'll probably it's a prize pack it. okay I wasn't yeah. sure because it, it sounded almost like it sounded like a a, a fun kind of alternate way of just play to win where you're like okay I might have a chance of that one game whereas now it's like maybe I have a chance of well we'll probably do some of that on the smaller scale uh, games and then save the the you know probably do like a you know five or six hundred dollar big pile of games to whoever wins the championship. Mm -hmm. yeah. And cool. it's going to be specifically for, as you said, like just one-off games. So is this the idea that if someone has, let's say they're kickstarting their own game or have kickstarted their own game, this is the type of game you'd be considering for this, this play kind of structure? Exactly. Because, you know, there, there's, you know, for, so for example, we're doing, uh, like I said, we're doing Dice Throne right now and Dice Throne's been a huge hit. And, uh, you know, it's uh, the, the season three Kickstarter is coming later this year. You know, a lot of folks are excited about it, um, you know, and uh, for them, it made sense to kind of keep it in their own ecosystem. And so we're running it, but it's entirely, you know, it's all Dice Throne all the time. But then we're also going to have, like I said, this, this sort of big tent op for folks that uh you know that for games that you might not have heard of so you might not necessarily get excited if you saw a, a sign on a in your game store saying hey we're having a tournament of game i've never heard of oh boy but if it's the you know if it's the the come learn indie games and and uh you know and, and the understanding that you don't have to be a master of this game because it's probably going to be new to everybody at the table yeah. um you know, and it, it's not a situation where, you know, the most powerful card in, in the game is your mom's visa, you know, so, you know, so I think that'll be a, it'll be an interesting uh, alternative activity to do at game stores for people that are, that are finding that Magic the Gathering every Friday is starting to get a little repetitive and so forth. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, it sounds like a great way to have a rotation of games that are not, I mean, not just new, but like just, uh, yeah, some uh, opportunities to see something different. Because the great thing is, is potentially you could even be in different locations and not actually even have the same games to play. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah, that, well, and, and not even that. Oftentimes, because you got to remember the minion who's doing this is going to be earning loot points while they do. So the chances are you could go to your local game store play a game, come back next week, play another game in the same tournament with a completely different game from a completely different publisher with the same min uh, the same team of minions. Mm -hmm. That's really, really cool. Oh, okay, so um, I'm gonna kind of flip the script a little bit. Uh, Eric, I hope you're okay with this. I'm gonna ask you the question, Mike, why should freelance designers join the IGA? What is, what's the deal? I mean, I get it for publishers by but what about freelance designers who aren't self-publishing, who have no hair in the world to self-publish? Like Eric and I, we're not self-publishing. No. Nope. <laughs> but we're gonna be designers for the rest of our lives. Is the IGA somewhere where we should go as well? Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, about uh, two, three months ago, I think, we launched a separate tier of service explicitly for designers who are only designers. Okay. Uh, 
because what we found is is um, uh, uh, as we've added features, it's a lot easier to add services for publishers because they need more stuff. Yeah. You know, and we, we didn't want to be in a situation where um, we, we never want people to feel priced out of IGA. Uh, we try very, very hard to uh, make things affordable and uh, we keep the lights on through volume. Um, <laughs> How do we do it? Volume. Exactly. And, you know, when the hardest working member of our team is 40,000 lines of PHP code I wrote, you can get away with that. Right. Um, but uh, so the the IGA light plan we started is it's 10 bucks a month. So it's, you know, it's cheaper than Netflix now. Um, <laughs> okay. And with that, uh, we have a couple of things we'll do. Number one, you get access to our minion network for blind play testing of your game. So you send oh, us okay. copies. We will send them out over the course of, uh, you know, how, however many copies you send us. We'll send out that many copies of the game minus one. Uh, we keep uh, we keep one at headquarters for a backup in case Minion gets hit by a bus. You call me and you need a, uh, you know, you you want to do a consultation and talk to me about the components or whatever. I can't, you know, I, I can't magic one out of the air. So I'll generally hang on to one. It's also helpful if it's like, you know, hey, we have a Minion going to a con at the last minute in Georgia three days before a Kickstarter launch. Let's get them out a copy kind of thing. So we do that. As part of that, they get access to our survey editor to handle uh, to handle the, the whole uh, playtesting feedback. They get access to a 10% uh, off discount on making prototypes through AdMagic Print and Play that we negotiated, um, which, you know, for a, a decent size, you know, if, if you're talking about a game that's going to end up with a $50 MSRP, it's very likely that's a $200 prototype. And by the time you figure you need copies for demos, you need copies for reviewers, everything else like that, that can add up pretty quick. So uh, we offer that. We also offer a network of publisher speed dating, which we do at shows like uh, the, the big show in Indiana that I'm not supposed to mention in the same sentence as publisher speed dating. We, uh, we also do... Uh, we do publisher speed dating at Dice Tower Con, at BGG. Uh, we're doing it one at uh, Southern Fried Gaming Expo in July. Uh, a whole bunch of them. And uh, designers, even designers who are not members of IGA at all, can sign up for our speed dating events on publisherspeeddating.com. Uh, we're taking applications for Dice Tower Con right now. And so our, we'll go out and demo that. But as long as I'm at those events, I'm also scouting on behalf of the, the IGA member publishers. And so a lot of times I will, because I keep a database of the publishers we work with and the kinds of games they're looking for. So, uh, for example, um, I spoke with uh, Frank Alberts, who runs uh, Zafty Games. Uh, he's the mm -hmm. designer of Pickle Glory. And I, uh, I found a game that I thought was a fantastic fit for his first not designed by him uh, Was it a co-op? Was it a co-op? It was very not a co-op. But he really, um, it, really wants a co-op. <laughs> I'm and I I pitched him two last week, and I, I actually sold him another game last week. But I'll leave I'll leave him to announce which one that was. But um, but I literally kidnapped him from Dice Tower Con and brought him to my house and sat him at a table and was like, "Play this." And they signed the contract in the car on the way back to South Florida. After that, that's awesome. Uh, you know, and and kidnapping is not normally part of the IGA service. Um, you know, that's that's there's gen that's generally handled a la carte. Um, but uh, you know, but we do a lot of. I probably sell thirty to forty games a year, where I just say, you know, hey publisher, I found a game that's right up your alley, and you know, it works out well because the the publishers know that I know what they're interested in. You know, I'm not going to go to Haba USA and say, here's a four hour Euro, you know, <laughs> that, so, um, you know, I think because of that, they're, they're inclined to take my call. Um, and they're inclined to, I don't think I've ever pitched a game to somebody where they didn't at least ask for like a, a, a real pitch with the designer. And there've been times that a designer can't go to a con and I've actually pitched the game for them at Gen Con. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're working almost like an agent kind of idea. Exactly. Um, you know, I, it, that's probably what we're going to end up calling that service just because it's a, he a heck of a lot fewer words to say. But, uh, you know, I want to make sure there's no like... Sure, that is, that's only two words. I like that. Yeah, but it, it's it's kind of like we didn't use the word guild for the first year because I wanted to make sure that like there wasn't like some sort of like legal thing that that means that we weren't doing. Well, you could have been a consortium, right? So we could have been, we could, but we're not. 
Yeah. We, we, were, we were a collective for a while. We were a cooperative for a while. One person called us Tabletop Borg. Um, okay. <laughs> a little bit of everything. That just seems like an insult. But, uh, <laughs> but not really. Yeah. I, okay. I, I, I took it in the way it was intended. We have some actual questions from the audience and from the Meeple Syrup page. I, I just kind of want to go through them and see what you think. So let's see what we've got here. Uh, we have, oh, what are we doing? We're doing, we're doing I don't this. know. We're doing questions. I'm just sitting here talking and petting the cat. Okay, so I am going to say, do you offer this uh, for indie designers, for straight for the designers, not necessarily a publisher, but a designer? And you can tell me yes or no. It's funny, uh, doing stuff like this is how the ideas for about half of our features came from. Perfect. You know, People were like, do you do this? And I'm like, not yet. Right, but we can, no, but we <laughs> yeah, can, right? Like, we, not yet, but give me 20 hours over the weekend and by Tuesday. Okay, let's see here. Group insurance plans. I actually spent about two hours Googling that today. Um, well, there you go. To, to see if that was something that we could do. Um, the So apparently there is such a thing as a, uh, as a, I think the the word they used was in a, a trade trade association based group plan. Um, yep. They they exist. Um, like the the Writers Guild of America has one, mm -hmm. um, but I I do not yet know um, what the costs would look like for that. It is something I'm actively researching. I don't want to promise anything, um, but we do offer some other things that are kind of like. Uh, benefits that you might get in a larger company uh like we're actually announcing tonight so i guess i'm announcing this on your show too yeah. um, we uh we signed a, por a partnership with an organization called tickets at work um which is a thing that uh that larger companies uh, fortune 500 companies use to get their employees discounts on things like uh disney world tickets movie tickets broadway oh, show tickets. i see okay yeah. Um, and, but the, you know, and we think that's great because, you know, who in the gaming industry doesn't like fun, but the thing that we thought would really, <laughs> but, uh, the thing, the thing we thought would really be super cool about it is you can also get like 40 to 50% off renting, uh, rental cars and hotel rooms, well, which like I, cons. Yeah. yeah well, like for example, the convention that Dice Tower, uh, the the hotel that Dice Tower convention is at this year, members get like sixty dollars a night off the hotel in of the, where the actual convention is. It's worth uh, it just to get your membership then. Well, and it doesn't cost anything to join. Uh, oh, I, I, well, then there you go. <laughs> yeah, because um, that that offer is going to be available not only to our members, but we're extending that one to our minions too. Oh wow! Okay, that's really nice. So, do minions get a lot of these perks as well, or just some things? Not as many as I'd like. Um, I, I've been trying really hard to work with people. We worked with uh, Meeple Realty for a while and got them some discounts on things. I'd really like to expand that side of the business, but it's often tough to do. You know, the, some of the easiest ways that I've been able to sell that is like, you know, hey, well, when a minion goes and demos your, this game, you want them to have the groovy insert in there too, or the groovy play mat too, or whatever else like that. But the problem I like, is, I like you use the word groovy. That's I like that groovy. Of course, you gotta, you gotta. Gotta use good words. You know what else? You know what else is a good word that I just look for any excuse. Ziggurat is just a fantastic word. <laughs> it is. It's not like, a temple. That's a ziggurat. It is a ziggurat. I actually have a model ziggurat on my desk. Just. I believe you do. I totally believe. It's just that. got meeples all up in it. It's, it's, oh, that's good. I like that. It is a meeple-sized ziggurat. Other questions. So Elizabeth Hargrave, uh, who is you know obviously Wingspan. Um, wants mentorship and networking. Is there something okay. the IGA does with mentorship and networking or could do so that well, we can help up and comers, especially, you know, less visible, marginalized people of color, et cetera, et cetera. That's definitely well, what she's into. I will say a couple of things. Number one, uh, yes, uh, you can get mentored. Uh, like I said, I do consulting sessions, mm -hmm. not just about Kickstarters, but about uh, our, my pro members can do a consult, a 90 minute consult with me about any topic they want. Uh, you know, once a, uh, once a month for 90 minutes. And that can be anything from a Kickstarter to help me come up with a marketing strategy for the game I already made that I want to sell. Help me, uh, there have been times where I've gotten together and like actually designed a solo mode for a, for a, a, somebody that wanted to add it to a game. At one point we talked about ways to, uh, I spoke with a designer about how we could refactor the game to get the same amount of fun with fewer components to drop the MSRP or to get it in a smaller box size. 
I've done consultations about like how do I make an app for this game. We also have a private Facebook and a private Discord group for our members that is uh, you know it's restricted access to just IGA staff, which is really Victoria and I, and <laughs> uh, and the uh, and our new community manager Kurt Winkler, who we just hired nice. a couple weeks. And uh, but you can also go in there and be like, hey, you know. My Kickstarter is on day four. It's not. It's not really taken off like I'd like. What's going on? And people reply and say, "Well, you know, I had an issue where you know maybe I had this this problem." But you're not just talking to other people that have never done it before. You're also, you know, you you might get an answer in there from you know somebody like James Matthew or somebody like uh, you know Patrick Letter or folk you know folks that have raised you know, a million bucks on Kickstarter and they'll be like, here's the, what works for me. I find right. it amazing that that question came from Elizabeth considering, you know, I would love for her to be mentoring our designers considering she basically made the game of the year. But um, <laughs> I think that's what she's getting at as well though, is like she wants a way to do that too. Right? And so. the IGA is a fantastic way to do that. Uh, like okay. I said, you can do it on Facebook, Discord. We even have it happen on Twitter a little bit sometimes, but it's not really the best medium for that sort of no, thing. No, not really. Okay, and Seth Johnson asks, for contract review assistant, uh, because nobody, especially first-time designers, should have to puzzle that out on their own. What do you think? So I am not a lawyer, and I don't pretend to be one, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we do have a lawyer we work with that I can recommend. Uh, his name is uh, Zach Strebeck. Yeah, he goes, yeah, he, uh, he goes by the, the board game lawyer, um, and he is a ninja for that sort of stuff. And uh, he's his rates are extremely reasonable. I believe he still offers a discount for IGA members, and he uh, he does he does probably a dozen of those before breakfast. So uh, he's probably got some boilerplate you can use and so forth to help you out with that. But okay. uh, like I said, I don't, uh, I've been to many different kinds of school. Law was not one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I'd rather stick to finding loopholes and rule books. Right. So are you saying that Zach would review a contract for you? Or when you say boilerplate, that sounds like you're, he's giving you a contract to use on something else. He, he can do it either way. Okay, um, cool. You can either come to him and say, here's a contract a publisher gave me, or you can say, hey, I'm a publisher and I've never signed a game before. Can you help me come up with something that will protect me and also be fair to the designer? Okay. And he'll give you something that is basically you plug in the numbers and the names of the games and stuff and, you know, you'll be in good shape there. Okay. Uh, Paul Saxberg from Roxley wants you to deter him from running a Kickstarter before he re he's ready. So I guess that would go in the consultation phase, right? Uh, well, review well, before you hit anything. <laughs> I will make you. I will make you a deal, Paul. I will uh, happily talk you out of the dice. T the dice throne season three Kickstarter, but you have to send me a prototype because I don't want to wait for it anymore. And neither do our <laughs> neither do our minions, who have also as uh, as part of Paul's uh, new. Uh, organized play program are also now called Diceroys. Diceroys. So, oh my gosh. Okay. So if you if you want to run organized play for Dice Throne, you can become not only a minion but a Diceroy and run OP for that and earn loot points toward any other game in our system that you'd like to play. I love this whole organized play thing. I think it's great. Um, Victor Hugo Sistanas asks for blind playtesting swaps, uh, like a secret Santa, but for blind playtesting. Um, and Nicholas Yu adds the ability to keep the same testers as the game goes through various iterations if possible, so you get staged feedback as the game evolves. Any possibility so, of that? The first one we don't do, um, and the reason we don't is because uh, when we were just like assigning playtests to people, uh, we, we we used to do that. We had a playtesting service, and it was really uh, it didn't work. It was it was poorly designed, and what was happening is a lot of a lot of minions, we'd have like one guy who'd be like, I'll play test and we'd send him 40 prototypes and then people would wait six months for feedback and that was, or, or he'd get sick and, you know, decide to go to nursing school and, you know, that'd be the end of that. Right. Um, and, you know, the other thing we found is, you know, we would send somebody a game to play test and they're, you know, they, they like Machi Koro and I send them, you know, some big miniatures war game and they're like, uh, they're, Derp, I don't know. And, and and that would result in oftentimes uh, really bad cues in the feedback. Mm -hmm. um, so what we do now is allow, we put our prototypes in a s separate area of the reward store and minions who've earned at least 100 loot points uh, over time. You don't have to pay for the prototypes you do. Sorry, I'm, my battery is running low on my laptop, so I'm That's moving okay. to where my plug is. <laughs> That's so, fine. Matt can okay, but um, you can get access to the prototype store. You can check out up to two prototypes at a time, 
-hmm. and uh, you you have to conduct a minimum of five plays of that prototype. Wow! And you have and you have to gather a minimum of five times X plays or uh, player surveys from players, where X is the minimum number of players for the game. So if it plays two to four, you've got to get at least ten surveys. Um, and then uh, as for the the iterative aspect, uh, we do have it where you can. Uh, where you can sign up to uh, to be in communication. We have uh, we create dedicated Discord channels for the playtests we run, so you can do uh, voice chats with uh, with the minions and you know talk them through if they have questions about things. Cool. You can also create a video certification program on our site, so wow. you can upload a how to play video, and the minions will watch the how to play and then fill out a quiz right. to demonstrate that they understand the rules, which is also a great way to do blind playtesting for a bunch of people in a hurry. It's mm -hmm. like Here's the rule book. Here's the quiz. If you can't pass the quiz after you read the rule book, there's probably something wrong with the rule book. Um, we also will do uh, we do play tests uh, and demos on both Tabletop Simulator and Tabletopia. Mm. Do you help designers get that stuff on there, or only if the designers already put it on? I don't personally, but I have minions that do. Okay, uh, wow. There, uh, we don't. That's not an IGA service. That's something they do as a freelancer. On but the they side, give, yeah. Okay. yeah, but they give our uh, they give our members like fifty percent off or something like that. And okay. that, uh, they said the turnaround time for boss mon for a boss monster size game, so one hundred and sixty eight cards, and uh, you know, in, in, in five or six decks, they said took them about five or six hours and I think they only charge like 15 or 20 bucks an hour to do it. So, you know, that's, that's probably worth it. If you don't have time yeah. to do it yourself for the skills, right? Very cool. We also partner with a company called Vorpal board, which uh, they're launching on Kickstarter in a couple of months. Uh -huh. And that's the thing that's this, this like really groovy, like webcam scanning device oh, that they built that cool. allows you to like, if the three of us are sitting here, I can have a copy of the game in front of me and I can actually scan the components in as we play. And the two of you get a virtual tabletop right. and I have the physical components and we're all playing off of the game uh, without any need to like create a mod as you would for like TTS or Tabletopia. Wow. That's really cool. More questions. Uh, people want publisher contacts, so the sort where they might get to talk to a publisher about um, mid-game development, uh, something where they could talk to a publisher, reach out, reach out to a publisher for feedback. I don't know so exactly what Jonathan one, wants it's Jonathan Philip Chambers. So one, you can do that in our, our Facebook and our Discord groups. Two, you can do that in the publisher speed dating group we run. Three, you uh, if you're just basically looking for a list of like publishers' emails, um, we don't do that because we don't want to become a spam factory for our for our publishers. Of course not. But but what we will do is you can take a sell sheet for your game, post it on the IGA site and also post it on publisherspeeddating.com. And then that site is openly searchable by publishers. So a publisher can log in and say, I'm looking for a 4X game with a space theme that plays in an hour and has a $40 or less MSRP. And it'll say, here's six sell sheets we found that match that description. And then- How do you, do, does the user tag the sell sheet with those like beta tags or do you- Yes, and we can import them from from Board Game Geek if it's already set up on BGG. Very cool. Okay, cool. Uh, um, and, and they can also search mechanics, so they can say like, "Show me anything except deck builders. I don't want a deck builder." So okay, like, neat. Frank Al <laughs> Frank Alberts went on there and said, "Show me everything that's co-op." Uh, the other day. Right. That Frank guy. He's a good example. Dave Tomei asks uh, for help things that will help with collaborating on gener generating documented methodologies, techniques, skills processes to facilitate faster and better designed games by all designers who are part of the organization. Um, and as an end result, better for the publishers and consumers. That sounds like a hell of a mission statement for somebody. It does, um, it does. Yeah, I hope somebody wrote that down. But um, uh, yeah, David did, right, in, in our Facebook. So. Well, there you go. Um, so we we put together a, a manual. Actually, that was uh, one, of the, one of the first projects that our new community manager, Kurt Winkler, did for us. And we have one for minions and one for, uh, for designers and publishers. That is uh, not only best practices, but it's also kind of a, a user's manual for IGA. Uh, because like we talked about, there's sort of a lot going on in IGA. And a lot of times people kind of don't step back far enough to get everything in the picture. Right, which uh, I think is my problem with IGA, right? And I got close and I need to step back further to see everything in it. Like these you know, packages for people. Yeah. They know what to I'm like, I'm this. <laughs> what do we I? Actually, we actually did. If you go to, uh, if you want to scroll it on the bottom of your thing, if you go to uh, indiegamealliance.com 
slash studios slash pro you'll get three swim lanes which is uh one is iga starter for uh for hobbyists one is iga light which is for i'm a designer only and one is for iga is iga pro which is for publishers and it comes with all of the designer benefits too because a lot of our publishers are uh self-publishing yes and it so talks about alliance.com slash studio studios plural slash pro there we go where i think we're getting close to i the the final word but is there any other really important ones you want to ask from the list let's see here um already the you know playtesting swap uh linking games to publishers uh doug levengowski is talking about uh minimum percent uh, encouraging minimum percentages for royalties specific about reversion rights etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. so that would be iga kind of being almost an advocate on both sides to say and, you know hey you should do this and, and that's something that that i agree with doug on uh doug uh, shout out to doug doug was i told you uh, brother wise was our first member doug was our second um, just doug as doug yeah uh, yeah. when, he, when he was kickstarting uh, Gothic Doctor. Uh, right. That's, oh, man. Gothic that, Doctor. Yep. That was our very first uh, playtest game we ever did. Too um, hilarious. I work with Doug a lot, and I keep on forgetting the other book. Yeah, he's, <laughs> Doug, is a, Doug is a solid dude. Oh, yeah. uh, and, and he's absolutely right. Uh, that is something that we are going to be adding to our manuals as we go. Um, kind of for phase one on that, we wanted to focus on the functionality of IGA, just because, like I said, a lot of people kind of miss the forest for the truth a little bit with it and so we wanted to you know kind of make it a little easier to navigate the arsenal of stuff we do right and I think I think that's sort of in my opinion the the hardest thing about having something like you have because uh, I'm gonna call it up on screen right now and, and, and go solo with it this is like all the stuff right all the stuff that the IGA starter the IGA light and the IGA pro have for it. So there's all sorts of things that IGA is able to do for you as a hobbyist, as a designer, or as a publisher. And I think this is a great uh, way to show it with like the swim lanes, right? And I think that's uh, that's very nice. Um, last question, and this is from, uh, oops, that's my Facebook. Uh, this is from um, Kate. <laughs> I'm also more than, if, if these questions are coming in on your Facebook, I'm more yeah. than happy to jump in there after we're done talking and answer them on Facebook as well. Perfect. I think people would um, really enjoy that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want folks to, to not get their questions answered. So Yeah. And I think the last one is just a, a really interesting one. Kate Bullock uh, writes uh, that she would like clear policies and bylaws with a functioning inclusion and safety policy leadership board and membership expectations. If there is an organization, you know, do you do you police that organization at all, or have policies in terms of membership and uh, inclusion and you know safety and all those things, or is it you know you pay your member, you could be you know Hitler and be a member? So is, uh, you know, a good question. It is a good question. Uh, it's on. It's very sad that it's a question we have to answer in 2019, but it is. Mm -hmm. So IGA's policy is we will never, number one, uh, and, and th there's, this is a much longer answer than, than, uh, than I can give in a short amount of time uh, because it's important and I don't want to leave things out. I will say our entire conduct policy, our entire, uh, our entire acceptable game policy, all of that stuff is on our website and I'm happy to share links on your Facebook once we're done chatting. Yeah. Um, but the, the TLDR of it, we have thrown, uh, we have never had to throw a minion out for it, uh, which I'm very proud of. But we have thrown a couple of designers uh, out of the alliance um, and a couple of publishers, and we have done that. Uh, I'm not going to name names or anything like that. But um, but we have punted a couple of people for uh, making games that we felt were uh, objectifying toward women uh, that or other. Uh, other categories of people uh, we will not touch a game like that we will not touch a game that is that is overtly or or identifiably racist or sexist or homophobic or any other ist you can come up with we will not uh, we will not ask any volunteer to demo a game they are not comfortable with ever um, we will not uh, we do not support games that that uh, involve any sort of non-consensual sex, any sort of like, you know, we're, we're very, very careful about like the chainmail bikini stuff. Um, 
you know, we don't believe in that. We have punted a couple of people for being verbally and in some cases physically disrespectful with people at conventions. We will not touch uh, people who do that. We're, we're real proud of the fact that probably around 30% of our designers and about 45% of our minions are women. That matters to, uh, you know, they say it's not supposed to matter, but it matters to me. Uh, it, it's important to me because I feel like those people, you know, women and, and people of color need to be amplified in this industry. They need to, we, we need to be doing more to make up for some of the things we've done in the past and make it clear that those people are are welcome and encouraged to be a part of our industry. And we will never, uh, we will never support a game. We will never support a publisher. We will never support a minion. We will never support anything that does not abide by those values. The sort of the three core headers in there's actually four. We added a fourth core headers in our in our conduct policy, and it is respect the games, respect the players, respect the venue, respect yourself. And nothing, you know. Of course, each of those has a million bullet points under them. But um, you know, that's that's what it's all about. You know, there's there's you know, we we can call boardgametables.com and we can call uh, the 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 ultimate game table people, and they will make a table big enough for everybody. We don't have to leave anybody out. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay. You know what? We are running out of time. And so, uh, Matt, can we ask you for your final word? Uh, so you can plug something that's coming up. That'd be great. Uh, we'd also love you to give maybe one little piece of advice to people, you know, other than, you know, maybe take a look and try to, you know, think about joining the IGA because it sounds great. Uh, what's I'm, some advice? I mean, I'm a little biased on that one. So I know I'm you are. Thing. Uh, as for a plug, um, I do want to announce uh, that launching this Sunday, uh, we are launching a service called Project Katamari. And uh, what what we've done with Katamari is attempted to crack one of the final uh, walls in, uh, in this, which is it's very difficult for indie publishers to get their games into distribution. And so we have partnered with, uh, with Golden Distribution and with uh, several other smaller distributors around the world. And IGA has become a consolidator, uh, very similar to uh, Impressions or Hit Point Games or PSI. The difference being uh, we do this on a smaller scale. Um, so we are able, we've come up with a kind of a unique way of interacting with the design the, uh, distributors such that there is no risk for anyone. And as a result of that, we can take all comers, which means if you are not a member of one of the existing consolidators, because they all offer, uh, they all require exclusivity agreements. As far as I know, IGA does not. Uh, but if you, if you present us with a game, uh, your game will be in distribution, period. That's amazing. That is that is literally, I think, <laughs> the dream for a lot of the smaller, you know, boutique publishers who have like one or two SKUs, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because for those those folks, it's, you know, for the same reason that retailers deal with distributors because they don't want to deal with a mil million vendors, is getting to the point that the distributor doesn't want to deal with a million vendors either. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and and with new ones popping up and going down all the time, you know, they're looking for they're looking to streamline their supply chain as well. And IGA through some creative software has enabled that to basically list everything on those distributors websites as if they had it in stock and then we do the shipment just in time from our warehouse when the games sell to distributors right and if you want more info on that on the that link that we talked about before how do i get my games into distribution on the iga site it's it's right there it has a big star next to it because it's a new feature so so go check that out um matt piece of advice what would you give yeah. if you're gonna as your sign off the biggest piece of advice that i give to particularly new designers is don't be afraid um there is a massive learning curve to this industry and to all industries a lot of people think well i made a game and i don't know what else to do you know i don't i don't want to go through the learning curve of you know now i have to figure out what the tax rate is in china and and things like that and that kind of stuff you know yeah, mistakes get can happen and and it can get bad. But number one, there are there is so much help in the industry and IGA is just a tiny, tiny fraction of it. Uh, I have never seen an industry where people who in any other industry would be considered competitors are so generous with their time and their advice and, and they will 
if if you if you approach them with an open mind and, and you ask your questions honestly and you accept uh, constructive cre criticism, there is no question you can't ask. And I've never met a designer or a publisher that would not give of their time, of their experience to to help you. And the other thing is nearly any problem you create can be fixed. Um, you know, sometimes the fixes are expensive and sometimes they're time consuming, but they can be fixed. And, you know, if, you know, if you launch on Kickstarter and people are like, oh my God, what if it doesn't fail? What if it fails? If it fails, you take a deep breath, you dust yourself off, and then we have a talk. Uh, I do just as many consultations after a Kickstarter where it was successful and they say, what do I do now to get the game manufactured? <laughs> right. And I do saying, I failed, what do I do to succeed next time? Right. And the Kickstarter never says no. Sometimes it says not yet. And, you know, and when that happens, don't be discouraged. You know, there's always there's always room to grow. There's always room to learn. You know, I've like I said, I've been doing nothing but this for five years and I'm still learning new stuff every single day. And the day that I, the day that I stop, I know I'm doing something wrong. That's hilarious because Paul Saxford just said, I have already learned something today. <laughs> that's so <laughs> that's awesome. Good. So, Matt, how can people reach out to you other than the IGA website, which is IndieGameAlliance.com? How can people find you? Um, well, you can find us on our Discord. Uh, the easiest way to get to that is IndieGameAlliance.com slash Discord. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Indie Game Allies. Alliance didn't fit. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, we have a support number. We even have a fax number. No one's ever used it, but by God, it's there. Uh, <laughs> Someone needs to use it now. Just to yeah, see I'm, oh, I'm, I am sure. Somebody what, is Googling what, what is IGA's fax number what right is now. It? What is it? Honestly, I don't even... It's like, I don't know. It's there, but nobody knows it. <laughs> I, somebody asked for one in a convention application like three years ago, so I signed up for some free monthly fax plan, and it's sitting there. Sure. You can see you got it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, one, one day, somebody's going to ask for it, and lo and behold, it's going to be there. There you, there you go. So lots but, of places uh, to reach out. Yeah, all of our contact information for all of our social networks and everything is available on the bottom of literally every page on the IGA website. That's great. And awesome. so again, for even freelance designers who aren't thinking about publishing, for less than it costs you to watch Netflix a month, you can have access to a whole lot of really great services through the Indie Game Alliance. You know, it's not just for publishers anymore. Right. Well, it's, and I mean, we actually have 10 different categories of membership now. We have the desi designers and publishers. We also have localizers, which are publishers that do just republish games in other countries after translating. Them. Oh, so funny. That's a subcategory. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have, you can join as a freelancer to promote your work and, and get, uh, and get hooked up with jobs. You can join as a retailer or a distributor. Uh, you can join as a rep from a convention that wants us to come out and work your shows. Uh, you can join as a partner where you offer uh, you offer discounts to our members like the manufacturers and stuff do. Uh, you can obviously join as a minion. So, you know, we, we've tried as hard as we can to figure out a way to bring, to find something we can do to help everybody in this industry to get a little more ahead and a little more integrated. Very cool. So even though you're indie, you don't have to be alone. There you go. There's a new catchphrase right there. I actually, I really dig that. I might have to, I might have to go off that. You can totally steal that. Cool. Logan made. So, right. I think we call it a night. Yeah, we're going to call it a night. Uh, so you can reach me and Erica on Facebook at the Maple Syrup page. Erica's Friend of Me Games on Twitter. I'm Senfeng Lim on Twitter. Uh, and next week we have a Designing the Game and I've kind of been slacking and I forgot to put up the poll. Which so we don't I'm, know what game it is. Which we don't know what game we're gonna do. We're gonna deep dive into next week. Uh, so I'm gonna post some stuff on the Meeple Syrup Shop Talk page, not the Meeple Syrup proper page. Uh, because Shop Talk, I can do more than two options on the friggin' poll. Hey guys, we can go up to three. <laughs> no, we can actually go way more than that. I but know. Oh, I am probably going to limit it to three. So Erica and I are going to take a couple minutes after the show's over, uh, list out some games that we've all played, and maybe poke Jesse in the head. He's at PAX East right now. Well, he's in Boston for a uh, probably a neuroscience conference, but he's at PAX East as well. Uh, and get some games that we all have played, we all know, and then we'll yeah, right? and then we'll uh, <laughs> put it all together on a full view. So, anyways, thanks so much, Matt, for coming. It was super awesome to have you. Like every two years is too much. So I know you have something to tell us later on this summer. So you're gonna have to let us know when you want to come back on. We'll have you back on. 
Uh, even if it's on a different time, different day than the Wednesday night thing, we'll have you on to announce to the world what new and awesome thing yes, the Indie I Game cannot, is doing. We are, we are working on, uh, when I started IGA five years ago, I had a list of everything we wanted to do. Uh, and the the last one, the sort of the, the capstone that we have to this whole endeavor is probably coming in July. So uh, a very big bronze statue of Matt uh, you know, in front of Universal Studios. Well, I will say this: any statue of me would definitely be big and broad. There's, there's just no <laughs> other way to do it accurately. But, um, but no, we we are uh, we are going to be launching Project Pharos over the summer. Um, there are about eight people on the planet who know what it is, and uh, when it is a thing, um, we're definitely. <laughs> P-H-A-R-O-S? P-H-A-R-O-S, yes. All right. It is a Greek word. It is uh it was the uh the the proper name of the library of the lighthouse at Alexandria. Oh, okay. One of the seven wonders of the world. Well, this will hopefully be one of those. All right. <laughs> so without further ado, we will say goodbye. And well, mm-hmm. I get that I guess that is adieu. We'll say adieu, 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 adieu to you and you yep. and you. All right, good night, everybody. Yep. And again, we'll I will be later. on, I'm going to take a five minute break and then I'll be on uh, Facebook to answer any questions we didn't get to in here. Okay. So uh, that's on the main Meeple Syrup page of which I believe you remember. So go right ahead. If, if, yeah. If not, you know, I'm pretty sure you'll approve me if I ask to join. So yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see you later, Matt. Thanks so <laughs> Eric much. Eric is like, I've had enough of you. I'm going to pet my bunny yeah. now. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's just getting in the way. That, that is, that, that's a funny way to end the show. Okay. <laughs> Good everyone. Take care, both of you and everyone out there. All right. Thank you for watching the Meeple Syrup Show. If you'd like to help support our show and the podcast, please visit www.patreon.com backslash Meeple Syrup. Thank you for your support.